0: to have tonight, David and Debbie Hogan, their daughter uh, Crystal, husband Sean, it was a friend with them, Rob and I've lost the other name but however, but it's great to have you all here and Hawkes Bay, why don't we give them a fantastic welcome, David comes on thank you. <clears throat> holy ghost um, whoa I can't see you can y'all see your Bibles you're gonna need them <clears throat> uh, Ben's I'm an American you're probably gonna need to verify what I say That's how some people feel. Thing is, I'm not from America anymore. Now I'm from the Kingdom of God. Hallelujah! I've been in Mexico the last 30 years, anyway. So, that's a good thing. I'd like to let's see, Mrs. Hogan. Her and I've been married for 34 years. She's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my son-in-law and daughter. Would y'all please stand up, Crystal and Sean? It's a a great blessing, y'all. To thank y'all for letting us come and see you. Now, I want to just tell you, uh, I'm not here with any strange doctrines or any new fancy revelation. That's not what I do. I raise the dead. I'm fourth generation pastor. Uh, my great-grandpa, uh, they came over from from Europe to the United States, um, both sides of the family. And he taught the gospel for about 53 years. My grandpa, uh, they, his father's family, my other grandpa, uh, he he uh, they, he taught the gospel for 55 years. And my daddy taught the gospel, preached. He was a pastor for. 47 years, and uh, so I've been at it a while myself now, <sighs> about 30 years, yeah. and uh, our kids, we have four, all four of our kids preach the gospel, and uh, all of my grandkids are being trained to preach the gospel. You know, most modern Christians uh, have decided that success is outside the church. That's a lying demon spirit. Success is in the power of God inside the body. That's where success is. In the name of Jesus. In the word of God. And so we teach ours, all of our kids, to preach the gospel, to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out devils. Now, if God wants them doing something else, that's up to him, but they're going to be taught how to raise the dead because they're going to go with me and do it. Now, I want to explain that a little bit because you very rarely hear anybody get up and start off like I just did, but I want to tell you something. I grew up in the church, got very disappointed with the modern church when I was young, irritated me quite well. Uh, hypocrites blew me right out the back door, front door, whatever you call it. Stayed out there with the demon a while. Jesus came and got me. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. Lit me on fire. Put peace in my spirit. And then I started studying the scriptures. And God called me to Mexico. Now, I've been there ever since. My wife and I have been working with Indians uh, for the last 30 years. And we're very blessed. They're one of the top five poorest people in the world. Uh, I didn't come here to take up an offering. If the Holy Ghost can't speak to you, you ain't got a living thing I need. And I mean it. Because the Holy Ghost takes care of me and those people. But anything you do will be blessed. I'll tell you that. But when we first went to Mexico, I could not do what I do now. I was not prepared for battle like I am now. So I started seeking God. It went for about four years. And I chose, it seemed like it was me that chose it. I chose dead raisin. Because I just just was fed up with fake. And I wanted to see the power of God for myself. It it wasn't so I could come off down to New Zealand or, 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 or get up here and try to act like some great person or power or it was so that I could see Jesus. I wanted to see Jesus for myself and he let me, it was after four years I went to a village and a nine-year-old boy had been dead for five hours and I had the great, one of the guys there that had the great privilege of laying hands on him. And after a little over an hour of praying, God brought him back from the dead. And it changed my life. I want to show you in the Bible a couple of verses. If you will, turn to Luke 7. Our work is really large now. I get to go all over the world wherever there's any kind of revival taking place. I get to go now and be part of it in our generation and I'm going I'll be in the Canary Islands there's a revival there I'm going there in a few months I'm going to Croatia in just a few days few, a few, few more weeks just been in India just been in Brazil just been in uh, Pakistan just before we came here and I was just in Australia we're all over now exemplifying the power of the name of Jesus and you say, well, what is that? Well, I, I'm glad you asked. It's last night. There was a man in, in, y'all, in their church in uh, Paraparaumu. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and he had bone on bone, been, been hurt, and couldn't raise his arm over an inch or two. For weeks, and the Holy Ghost fell on him and hit him. And when he came up there, he ripped off that brace, that thing, that cast thing, threw it down, running around the church worshiping and praising God, completely healed. Yeah. That was last night. Last night, a lady came in crippled on one of those aluminum walkers, lots of operations in her feet. I don't even know what's wrong with her. It doesn't matter. It don't matter what the name is. It only matters about one name. One name. One name. If you're more worried about EPOS or Visa or MasterCard or Audi or BMW, you got the wrong name. It's about the name of Jesus. I said it's about the name of Jesus. She came in there, she had had Mrs. Uh, Julie Steele was telling us, she was drunk on the way home, taking us home last night, Brother John's house. And, and she was telling us, this lady come in there completely crippled after several operations, hobbling around. The Holy Ghost hit her, knocked her down. She got up, took off running, completely healed. Yeah, that's good. Holy Ghost down in the South Island in Nelson just a few days ago. Young boy, 16, 15, 16. Come in there, bent over and and, and twisted with rheumatoid arthritis. He walked up in Brother Steve uh, King's church there in in Nelson. And and he just looked at me just weeping, a young boy, because he heard my stories, you see. And he said something to me. He said, Brother David, please help me. I'm in a lot of pain. I just looked at him and smiled because that's all I'd ever do. (laughs) I said, I'll do my best, son. Because what you got to understand, it's not about your theology. It's not about what nation you are from. It's not about what race you represent. It's about your best in the name of Jesus. Laid my hands on that boy and he flew through the air and looked like a piece of wind and a piece of leaf in one of these winds that's been blowing the last few days. And he was still out when we left, but the next night we go in, I'm sitting like I was tonight, just watching everybody and worshiping God with people I'd never met before. He gets up there, Pastor calls him up and he walks up there. He looks at me, he says, I'm afraid. He said, I've never spoken to a crowd. The place was packed. I said, don't worry about it, son, you'll do fine. Because it's not about whether you can do it or not. It's about Jesus. See, see, all those things that hamper, hamper and hinder and stop. It's not about those things. It's about Jesus. And he started weeping and he started telling me, Thank you, Brother David. Thank you, Brother David. What is it, son? I'm completely healed of rheumatoid arthritis. And just now in Australia, a guy comes in with advanced Crohn's, barely able to walk. Advanced Crohn's disease happened in Brisbane North with Brother Alan Wills. Yeah, good friend of mine. And he comes up and he says to me, Brother David, help me. So what do you think I said? I'll do my best. (laughs) Laid hands on him and the Holy Ghost blasted him. He gets up and caught us at the car. We was going home one night. He come there, he said, I've been to the doctor and the doctors cannot find chromes in my body anywhere. Holy Ghost that's what we do for a living Holy Ghost Uh, in Jesus name a few months ago I was in the Pentagon in Washington D.C. preached for three hours first pastor ever to be allowed that in the history of the U.S. isn't that awesome standing in Donald Rumsfeld's office worshiping God True, it's true. I was standing on the United States seal in Donald Rumsfeld's office in the Pentagon, had my hands lifted up in my boots. Holy Ghost. Went right from there to all the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That's the highest. Commander of our armed forces, in the in the army, the navy, and the marines, and air force, and in the uh, coast guard, prayed for them in Jesus' name. Prayed for their off in their offices for God to pour out His Spirit to God and control and stop negligence and let the Holy Ghost in power. God's up to power. Brother David, I thought you was a missionary in Mexico. I am. I ride a good mew. <laughs> but I also stand before kings. We were just now over on the, on the Chinese border in India in a place called Siliguri. And there was 1,200 and something pastors came out of the Himalayans. And the Holy Ghost fell up in there with us, and there was a pastor on the, on the, on the uh, platform with us from Africa. He came from Malawi. It's Malawi, right? Malawi, Africa. He came because the President of Malawi and the cabinet want us to come there and preach to them the gospel. Did you hear me? It's about Jesus in you. It's not about your ear. Or Mercedes Benz. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about the great Holy Ghost. We was down in Brazil. We was in Brazil, invited there to preach to the Amazon Basin pastors. Uh, how, many, how many was it? 15, was it 1,500? Was it that many? I think it was 1,500 or, or more maybe. Pastors came from all over Amazona. All over the Amazon Basin, the Black River, and all the reds and all the all the rivers, the Indian tribal people. They came in because they want to raise the dead. They want to meet a man that'll tell them you can raise the dead by the blood of Jesus. I'm not afraid. I don't fear religious demons. Religious demons fear us Because we are We are witnesses of the truth We got an I I took my invitation out of here just the other day But I had it in my Bible The governor uh, had some people in, In Manaus, the mayor of the city And the cabinet were there I got invited to go into These great men that are running this nation And sit with them In their cabinet and, I, and, and, the, and the mayor says, you sit right at my left. And so we were sitting there on, on live television. I didn't know what he wanted. He said, I want you to preach the gospel and tell us how to raise the dead. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? And there's another important eye-opener. On the 28th of July, next month. My wife and I will be in the White House praying in the United States of America. Yeah. I'm here to tell you about Jesus. You cannot allow the devil to limit you. I rebuke the limitations of a lying spirit. I rebuke the devil that would say that you're not of the right color or the right creed or the right language or the right nation. That's a lying spirit from hell. You don't have the right backing. You don't have the right theology. All of that's probably true. It's just a lie. I got out in those mountains. I've been shot once. Beaten left for dead three times. Stoned, whipped, jailed. Windows knocked out of vehicles. Thousands of times our pastors have been put in jail and God's got them out. We've lost 14 men that's been martyred and two Americans. You listen to me? We're at war. We are not playing games. We are not political. We are full of the Holy Ghost. And we hate the devil, and we are on fire, and we are raising the dead. I want—I'm going to tell you a number now, and it's not my fault. We're almost to 400 dead raisins. back when it was one or two people just all they used to do was cock the eyebrow at me but now they go Pfft. 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 they huff at me and I just look at them that's too bad cause it won't be long there's gonna be a shout and a trumpet now you tell me how many is gonna be raised from the dead at once You have any idea? Billions. (laughs) They're coming up from the dead. There won't be no measly 400. When that trumpet blows and the voice of triumph shouts, you tell me how many is coming up from the dead. And you worried about my little 400. Well, I tell you this, we're going to be there in Jesus' name. great Holy Ghost. I personally have been in on 28. The rest of them have been done by them Indians out there. I want to read a Bible verse to you. Luke chapter 7 verse 18. Y'all there yet? And John's disciples brought him who was now in prison word of all these things. That's the Amplified Bible. And Jesus, listen, John's disciples brought him word of all these things. What things? Do you have any idea? Back up a couple of verses. I want to show you what things interested the people that the word spread by. That's right. John chapter 7 verse 12 just as he drew near to the gate of the town behold a man who had died was being carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large gathering from the town was accompanying her And when the Lord saw her, what happened? That's right. You got it. See, it's not about whether it's my ministry or not. Y'all have a bad habit in the modern Western church of, of just saying, so you can get out of the discipline of it. That's not my ministry. Jesus didn't say whether it was his or not. He looked at a widow who had just lost her only son and something happened to him. Compassion happened to him. (laughs) And he said something to her. Now you have a mother. The only boy, she was leaning on him for help because her husband was gone and he died. Her emotions are high. They've done gone through the time of mourning. Now they're going to burial. And Jesus walked straight up to her and said, stop weeping. That would be hard to do. If you think about it as a human being, instead of some hypo spiritual caffeine freak, you'd rather have your nice mocha than you would the word of God. So that makes you a whacked out caffeineaholic. Boy, you don't like those words, do you? I can tell. I might as well grate that some more. I found an offense. (laughs) I might as well ride that horse a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now I'll let you have your caffeine devil. I don't care. (laughs) I don't want it though. (laughs) But look at this. Jesus says, calm down. Now watch what he did. He went up and touched the bear, the pole bearers, and they stopped. Then he reaches out now. Now, this is, he, he, he didn't run off to Gethsemane and pray for eight hours, did he? He didn't go to Sinai and fast for 40 days, did he? What did he do? When compassion hit his spirit, what was he? Prepared. He was waiting on the opportunity for compassion to stir up the spirit. Hello, church. That's right, you know. And it says in my Bible. He touched the young man and and said to the young man, I say to you, arise from death. And the man who was dead began to speak. And Jesus, what did he do? He gave him back to his mother. Do you see that? I've been in on a lot of dead raisins now. I was in a service preaching like I am right now and a mama walked in with a blanket in one of our churches. Walked straight up to me. I was talking, preaching. And she hands me a blanket. All, all I can see is a blanket. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it was weighty. And I'm looking at She won't look at me. They're not allowed eye contact. She's looking at the ground and she hands me the blanket. So I took it. I'm holding the blanket. And I'm just watching her. Because the women were on the left and the men on the right. They they don't sit together. She walks straight over to the front row where the women are. And sat down looking at the floor. I mean no weeping, no nothing. And she says to me. I mean the, the pastor says to me. Open up the blanket brother David. So I unwrap it and there's a dead baby in the blanket. And I'm looking at that Mother. She didn't say a word to me. What was she expecting? Anybody know? She was expecting the compassion of the Holy Ghost. And she was expecting that child back. Do you hear me? That's what she's expecting. I looked at those parents. How long has this baby been dead? Well, Brother Hogan, it's been about five or six hours. And I looked at my watch. What? Yeah. I'd been there for three hours. And they never said a word to me. And it irritated me a little bit. Because this is a serious thing, this dead raisin. And I asked them, You knew about this dead baby? Yes. Do you not think I needed to know about it? No. Are you listening to me? Those people have a confidence in the Word of God and in us. Do you hear me? It's not some religious political event. When we get together and worship God, it's so that the Holy Ghost will come. It's so that the power of God will manifest. It's so that the blood of Jesus will have preeminence. That made me a little bit hostile. So I said, you come here, the head pastor. Come here. You're going to lay hands on this, baby. You won't tell me about it? Fine. We'll do this together. Brother Hogan, you got to watch your attitude. No, you do. My attitude's right. I'm aggressive. I hate devils. I will destroy a premature death spirit in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We started praying for that child. We called up other elders. I don't know how long, a good long while went by. And just all of a sudden, there's no way for us to know I wish I was as spiritual as you or had as much caffeine at least. I might be able to notice when something's fixed to happen. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> I don't care how much coffee you drink. Just be careful about shoving your green salad at me and then you drinking about 700 grams of caffeine. (laughs) 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 Holy ghost. You'll liable to get a fight you don't want. (laughs) How about it? (laughs) Y'all should have seen what happened next. It was one of the greatest days. I get to see this a lot that little baby was just stiff and rigor mortis was already in. It was done. It was over. Decay was taking place. Jungle heat. And that baby just it was you ever heard the word in the Bible suddenly there was a sound from heaven like as that of a mighty rushing wind. Great Holy Ghost hit that little kid and it just started kicking and crying and screaming and breathing. And and all of us elders, I've seen it a lot. And every time I see it, it gets the same results out of me. Whoa. It does every time you go, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you right now. If you ever get the opportunity, here's what you'll do. Whoa. So just go ahead and practice it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's awesome. And now what? I got to hold this little kicking, screaming baby. The elders and all were just looking at each other. We don't even know what to do next. We do know these verses where, where like Elijah and those guys in the Old Testament, what they do? They gave it back to the mother. Jesus and those guys in the, in the New Testament, what they do? Gave it back to the mother. So, more than likely, if it's in both covenants, you're right to do so. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Probably logically, you could discern that pretty easily. But we didn't have to. She, all of a sudden, <sniffs> she heard the cry of her child, stands up, walks straight over, never looked at me, just grabbed that baby out of my hand, never said, Thank you. And went Went straight back over there and sat down, started nursing the child. What a God, eh? hey. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Come on, Jesus. Look, look what happened in verse 16. This is amplified. Profound and reverent fear seized them all and they began to recognize God and praise and give thanks saying a great prophet has appeared among us and God has visited his people. I want to tell you what a blessing it is. To seek God and to be serious about it. where that people that have never seen God have great miracles amongst them. Look, look at these verses here. So they went, This now we're back to 18. John's disciples brought him who was now in prison the word. And John summoned a couple of them and said, hey, you go over there and ask that fellow to raise that dead. If he's who's coming or should we wait for somebody else? Now I hear a lot of discussion from prophets and teachers and pastors all over the world about John and losing his faith and you know but I'll tell you this I've spent my time in jail for the gospel I don't have one word to say to John except move over son I'm going to sit by you let's watch heaven work. That's all. For you living in this great nation of freedom and blessing, it's easy for you to analyze somebody else's life. But until you go or get put in jail for your faith and get, un- get understood that you're going to die because of the gospel, I'd watch what I say. I've lost some of my good friends. That's a sad day. I've buried many of them. And sometimes the thought comes in your mind. Are oh, we really doing right or are we just killing people? I'll tell you what we're doing. Right. It says right here in my Bible. So they went to Jesus. And said John the Baptist sent us here. Now look what Jesus did. I, I, I want you to understand that we are to be like Jesus. Your opinion is not necessary. Don't give it to me. I don't need it. If you can't give the same opinion Jesus gave, then you need to keep your mouth quiet. He didn't give them a great theological line. He didn't throw Bible verses at them. What did he do? He went and showed them the gospel. These are disciples of who Jesus called the greatest man ever to be born of a woman. And it says in my Bible, in that very hour, Jesus was healing many of sick and distressing bodily plagues, evil spirits, and to many who were blind, he gave a free, gracious, joy giving gift of sight. And then he replied, <clears throat> Please hear me. If the gospel you're talking doesn't have the power to back it, I wouldn't say a word. Well, Brother David, I've been taught since I was born again that I should be a witness. You should be, but you should be a witness of power. Not a witness of theology. There is a difference. It's time for the church To arise in power. And you and I are the church. I teach our people it's okay to go forward. We're doing all right. I realize you're in charge now. You're Brother David, right? Okay, me too. I'm Brother David also. Okay. in one of our churches because what I teach our people from the day they're born again is that they're heroes. You are alive to be a hero to somebody God has you prepared for. It's not good enough that you use the gospel to keep Upgrading your Audis. That's going to come automatically. You live in a free land. Any man or woman that puts their hand to work in this nation can prosper. And you're blaming it on God. And your next door neighbor is an atheist and has the same car. I could have went all week without bringing that statement up. <laughs> they wear the same clothes you do. Kids are in the same school as yours. And you tell everybody, look how blessed you are. And they say they hate God and they've got the same blessing. It's because somebody before you brought the blessing down. And you are responding to what somebody else appropriated for another generation. And you think it's you, that's called selfishness and greed. But when you realize you're a hero and you're on a mission for the king, and you're called to be a witness of the power of God, you don't have to argue through the fence with an atheist. The another neighbor that lives behind is dying with tuberculosis. He goes over there and says, well, we're going to miss you. Are you going to dare go and say the same thing? Are you going to step in there and say, look, I've been praying and fasting for you and your family. Can I please pray with you so that Jesus can destroy the works of the devil? And whenever the atheist neighbor sees that your God heals, he'll go, maybe there is a God. Because you drive the same kind of car he does, it's not going to impress him. i I'm telling you, i got some of this figured out. Because <laughs> he drinks the same kind of coffee you do. But he has a different God. There's your ticket. It's your God. It's the power of heaven. It's not in you standing for your rights with an atheist. It's with you looking around the neighborhood and walking in the fruit of the Spirit and in the joy of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost and demonstration of the mercy of God. Uh, One of our, he wasn't even a pastor yet. He was a leader. The work wasn't even old enough to have a, it it was forming up well to be a good church, but he wasn't a pastor yet. He was still a, just a leader. And one of our hurricanes, you understand hurricanes, hurricane, uh, cyclone, but turning the other way. Yeah. They go counterclockwise. Y'all's probably goes clockwise down here and when they roll in they tear a lot of things up and they spawn a bunch of tornadoes and fascinating storms and they bring a lot of even though it's mountainous they bring a lot of torrential rains and flooding and this man thought of his family because he knew about the rains and the, 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 the rivers were flooded over and you have like 24 or 30 inches of rain how many centimeters is that Sean 50 centimeters, 55 centimeters of rain in a 24-hour period. There are few aquifers and water displacements that can get rid of that much water. And the things, the arroyos, the creeks and everything were up. All the streams were full and the riverbeds were just completely full of water. Nowhere for it to go. And he got his family out to higher ground to another brother's house and they were safe. They were by the fire. And his wife thought about their neighbor, a little old grandma. So he goes through the night, water well over his chest, got to her at the neighbor's house, found her up in the rafters, little old stick house with grass roof, clinging to life, going to die, she would have died right there. He got her out of that rafter and starts out with her. He's a hero. You're alive to be a hero. Somebody's waiting on you. You are a witness, a bearer of the gospel. And as he was going up the hill, getting out of the water, he... We have these thorns called bull thorns. They look like these great big horns that's on these big bulls. And they're very thick. They're about a centimeter thick and real hard and they're poisoned. And he's got that weight of that lady. And when he put his foot down, he was barefooted. When he put his foot down, it went through his foot. Ugh. So he gets her to safety but because of him being a hero by daylight, gangrene in his foot. You don't know what gangrene is, most of you. It is a devil that eats flesh and muscle and bone and tissue. It's an infection that's horrendous that runs through the body. By the time they prayed and prayed and other people went and prayed and by the time they got him finally to a hospital too late, they cut his foot off. That's the price of being a hero. You hear me? But let me tell you the price of a witness and of a good wife. I get a knock on my door, my gate outside of my house. I go see who it is. Yes. Brother David, I need you. It was his wife. What is it? my husband's had an accident I said alright got my wife loaded up my four wheel drive put her in there off I went to see what the problem was got to the clinic to find the man laying there with no foot now listen to this this is important she said help me brother David because if he don't if he don't get healed and I'm looking there there's no foot But she's talking like he's going to be healed. We're going to suffer, and we love Jesus. The devil took my husband's foot, and I, I go. I'm going. All right, I agree with all of that. Why? What? What do you need with me? Now what? She says a new foot. <laughs> this is true. Now, what I'm fixing to tell you happened and it's not my fault. I told her, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> this really happened, what I'm fixing to tell you. I laid our hands on him. I went back a couple of days later, nothing. Carried him home from the clinic. Was in his home, we went by, we had people going by every day. Sometimes twice a day, Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Well, what were you praying so we wouldn't get gangrene? No, we were praying for a new foot. After a few days, it, where they had smoothly cut that thing off with a hacksaw, the bone had been cut off. There was a little bone sticking out of the middle of that chunk of meat. I saw it myself. And I'm going, (laughs) whoo. And after uh, about 10 days, there was a skeletal. And then muscles started growing. You listen to me. The problem you have with me is not theology. It's not passports. It's not food or discrepancy on coffees. (laughs) It ain't about Lexus and Audis. It's that with my eyes, I have seen creating power of the Holy Ghost. Now that's your problem. And I'm not backing away. Because my Bible says, he got his foot, the whole foot, or she did. so he replied to them go tell John what things you have seen and heard the blinds received their you understand he didn't tell them one thing about theology he showed them the gospel and we can do this or you can sit sipping your coffee and cocking the eyebrow at somebody that's excited about God It don't make me any difference. I'm going forward.